Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcast, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Go back 20 years and the sort of the advice was don't trust people online and don't get into the cars of strangers. And, you know, you fast forward now, it's um, use the app on your phone to summon a stranger to get into their car. This is John McDonald, who runs Trade Me. You've probably heard of them. He's reflecting on how much things have changed since the company launched nearly 20 years ago. In 1999, you flicked off your unwanted stuff in newspaper classifieds or in Trade and Exchange magazine. Homes that had the internet felt pretty lucky to run at 56 kilobits per second. Nowadays, most urban dwellings cruise at 5 to 6 megabits. So, dial-up internet at slow speeds and very low levels of trust around online transactions – Sounds like the perfect time to launch an online auction site. It was also a time when people really didn't pay for things on the internet so much. The internet was also a lot simpler in a sense. If you look back at the screenshots of trading back 1999, 2000, uh, it does look sort of distinctly hobbyist. But it worked and it was fast and it was reliable and that was more than enough back then. The legend of Trade Me is that founder Sam Morgan was struggling to find a second-hand heater to buy in his local classifieds, and he thought, bugger this. John McDonald says that's true, but there were two other reasons why Trade Me got going. One of them's a bit corporate-y. I think he did absolutely have vision where he could see how something that was being done to a degree in second-hand stores across the country and in the print classifieds and newspapers, he saw how that could be done far better online, where... You could post an ad and people would see it immediately as opposed to waiting for the paper to come out on a Saturday and how it could crush down some of the geographic boundaries that come up through printing printing presses and vans and things like that. And you could post photos and as long a description as you want, make a far richer experience. But at least as I remember it anyway, he had a, a far more practical ambition as well, which was just to learn how to code. Trade Me went live in March 1999 with a homepage that you heard John describe as distinctly hobbyist. Making your own website back then was slow and expensive, and so here was a site that meant you didn't have to do that, but you could still sell your stuff and make some money. Growth was slow, but by 2001, 100,000 people had signed up and the site had become profitable. Two years later, John, who'd been working in the UK as a very small cog in a very big corporate wheel saw the appeal in being a part of a tiny team. The idea of working for a relatively small company that I could understand and um, make some kind of impact on was really attractive to me. So Sam and I had a chat and then another chat, and before I knew it, I was on the payroll. So what was your first job at Trade Me? What were you hired as? That's a good question. Um, (laughs) It was was sort of uh, looking after the tech team, which would have been about half a dozen people, um, as for 
what the title would have been. Um, I'd hazard a guess as technology manager, but um, that is that is a guess. Trade Me was four years old by then. John says they often acted like it too. Looking back on it, to some degree, we would have run around a bit like a kids' hockey match. I think where we were all young and total management experience across the company was reasonably light as well. But that said, I think we did get stuff done and uh, were pretty effective with it as well. Effective, but still a bit DIY, like the time the company swapped data servers. The way that any self-respecting company would do that is you commission experts in moving computer kits and they plan it out and do it all for you. And we weren't so much up for that. And we were doing this overnight because... Trade me had to be down while we were, we were shifting this kit. We, you know, generally a 24 by 7 operation, and then all we needed was some dumb labour to uh, transport the kit from one place to another, and that fell to, to Sam and me. And we did that in my girlfriend's Toyota Corolla at the time. And so, <laughs> I remember we grabbed the cushions off the office couch. That was our pattern, um, and we shuttled back and forth across Wellington with two or three computers and pieces of uh, computer kit laid out in the back of uh, this Toyota Corolla. It's the kind of thing that you do, and it's probably quite dumb, but you do because your mindset is you just do everything yourself, and sums up our approach to training in the early days pretty well. John says the next few years were hard graft, but growth began to be exponential. Trade Me started listing cars, then properties, then jobs. In 2004, they were the fastest-growing company in the country, at one point, visits to the Trade Me site accounted for nearly three-quarters of all internet usage in New Zealand, and by 2005, 50% of all Kiwis had visited or used the site. Imagine that. Other companies inevitably entered the market to try and take them on. Telecom had to go with Ferret, and there was also Weedle, while OneWay managed to grab a chunk of the market and hold on. Even eBay, the biggest auction site in the world, flopped when they came here because the market was already full. Trade Me did a lot of things right, but their greatest virtue was in doing them first. But being first means you have no paths to follow. Trade Me did really bushwhack its own path in in that regard. And eBay was a a business that we could learn from, but also one that uh, we we thought that we we could do better than them. And quite quickly, Kiwis started to trust the web, just a little bit. Trade Me still can be summed up in a, a sentence of buyers sending money to sellers they've never met for goods they've never seen. People's trust habits have changed a lot over the last 20 years. Back in 1999, there was still a, um, a perception, to, to a degree of reality, but certainly a perception around the internet being a bit wild west. And once the west was won, we began to play. A bag of regurgitated pine needles infused with rare parrot saliva has been sold for $400 on Trade Me. But it's not any old dinner remnant. The bird responsible for them is Sirocco, the kakapo world famous for his intimate encounter with a documentary maker's head. Here's a quick list of things Kiwis have tried to sell over the years. Ghosts trapped in jars. A lollipop sucked by Orlando Bloom. The butt of the last cigarette legally smoked in a Wellington bar. A case of the measles. An amputated leg. A kidney, Tana Umanga's infamous handbag, a possessed printer, a washing machine that shook so violently it allegedly opened a portal into another dimension, a lock of Princess Diana's hair, someone's soul, a time machine, a pebble. My favourite of all time still probably goes to Roofless, the amphibious van. So this was a couple of uh, 
guys down south who took a van and uh, modified it such that they could uh, drive it across Cook Strait. And yeah, I love that. So there's been a a lot of different things over the years, but that would still be my all-time favourite. There's been issues too. What was once a peer-to-peer model for getting rid of unwanted stuff had changed so much that the Commerce Commission insisted regular traders had to be recognised as dealers and as such comply with the Fair Trading Act. In 2005, a stoush with competitor one-way over subscribers threatened to get well out of hand. Posties complained about all the extra weight they had to carry to deliver items sold on the site. And there's been a few less-than-honest brokers along the way. A scam by a car company which bid on its own trade-me auctions to drive up sale prices has been described as the most prolific, systematic and damaging campaign against the auction site and its customers. Autoco Limited, which is also known as Millennium, convinced 15 trade-me clients to let it use their accounts to place bids on its own vehicles. Between June 2011 and July last year, 7,000 bogus bids were made on 530 auctions. A trawl through the RNZ clipping files on TradeMe reveals a long list of people who've tried to use the site for criminal means, and people stung by frauds accuse TradeMe of not doing enough to police dodgy dealers. All sorts of people see opportunities online, I guess. And after a while, TradeMe's founder, Sam Morgan, well, he saw one too. The country's largest online auction site, TradeMe, has changed hands for $700 million today. The Australasian newspaper publisher, John Fairfax Holdings, announced it would be purchasing the website this morning. Early on, Sam Morgan had jokingly offered TradeMe for sale on eBay, asking for $1 million for the fledgling site. But in 2006, only seven years after launching, TradeMe was sold to media company Fairfax for $700 million. I sure hope Sam treated himself to a new heater. Kevin, quick comment from you both about to Sam Morgan. I mean, isn't that an amazing story, the, the, the trade me? Isn't it astonishing? I think Fairfax have been very clever. And, uh, I mean, I know lots of people who use trade me and think it's great. And they don't put ads in the local paper anymore. Well, right. that's it, isn't it? Yep. That's it. They're doing everything now on the trade me. The trade me is God, in a way. There was widespread disbelief at the size of the sale figure at the time. A couple of years later, having well earned his $200 million-plus payout, Sam Morgan left TradeMe in John McDonald's hands, possibly to spend more time with his heater. I was somewhat um, blindsided by that, and in retrospect, I was just naive about it. One day, we're going down in the lift in 2007. It's just Sam and me, just after an an advisory board meeting with uh, Fairfax executives, and so... Sam and I were just ducking out, I think, to get a bite to eat in the lifts, and he said to me, uh, how would you feel about taking over running Trade Me? That was about a year after Fairfax had acquired the business. And so I sort of recovered from that surprise and um, took a lot of confidence from um, him having that confidence in me and so was happy to sign up for it. But first up, the business news. Fairfax Media announcing to the ASX this morning that it planned to sell 30 to 35% of TradeMe in an initial public offer and list the separate company on the NZXP. In 2011, TradeMe was listed as a public company and Fairfax sold nearly half their stake on the stock market, making close to $600 million. A year later, once more to general disbelief, Fairfax sold off its remaining shares to pay down debt. TradeMe had proved to be a real cash cow for the Aussie company, which, by some estimates, took in around $1.3 billion from the site. Not bad, really. 
In 2015, Trademe marked its one billionth listing, and today 86% of Kiwis have internet access, we buy almost anything we like online from around the world, and we certainly get into cars with strangers and ask them to drive us home. There are challenges coming for Trade Me. Amazon is making its way to New Zealand, for one, and in 2017, the new Labour-led government insisted that GST will be charged on any internet purchase from offshore dealers, but no one seems very clear on how this will be enforced. And there have been casualties, too, in the rush towards online retail. Clothing retailer Posty Plus didn't adapt fast enough, and they went under to re-emerge in a new form. Electronics retailer Dick Smith, once a market leader in online sales, fell behind too, although other issues were involved in their collapse. Trade and Exchange magazine went online, then merged with a company called Seller. That website is closed now too. Of course, not all the blame can be laid at TradeMe's door, as we now have a world of online retailers we can purchase from. And not all the credit for this change in online behaviour can be given to them either. But TradeMe certainly played a large and early role in normalising both internet use and online trading, and maybe for helping Kiwis to unleash their inner weirdo too. This story was produced for RNZ by me, Justin Gregory, using archival audio from Nataunga Sound and Vision, NZME, and MediaWorks Radio Live. It was engineered by Rangi Powick and Jana Witter. You can subscribe to every episode of Eyewitness at Apple Podcasts, used to be called iTunes, or on Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, or at radionz.co.nz forward slash podcasts. Make sure you give us a rating too. And if you have stories you want us to tell, remember you can get in touch with us at eyewitness at radionz.co.nz. Kakite anō. Botox Cosmetic, Atabotulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.